Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses of all branches and all components to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse command team. Welcome Mission Mill Spouse podcast listeners. I'm Kathleen Palmer, your Director of Content here at Mission Mill Spouse, and I'm excited to be bringing you today's episode full of information to empower and enlighten you. Today, I am finally ready to have the honor of interviewing Larry Zillux. He's the Director of Culinary Services at the Warrior Retreat at Bull Run in Haymarket, Virginia, and creator and team lead for the Visiting Chef Program, a program in which he partners with exceptional volunteer chefs who come to the Warrior Retreat at Bull Run, and they create extraordinary meals for our wounded warriors and their families. The Willing Warriors is a privately funded 501c3 charitable organization offering cost-free getaways from the hospital environment where warriors and their families can come to relax, spend quality time together, and reconnect. Larry is not only the executive chef for this amazing program, he is also an incredible golf cart tour guide and a dedicated podcaster. His passion for helping veterans and their families runs deep. Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast, Larry. Well, Kathleen, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and tell everybody about the Warrior Retreat at Bull Run and what we do here. We've got so much to talk about. I know we're both ready to get started, but I think it's important um, that we get to know you a little bit. So can you share a bit about your personal journey and where you grew up and what life events led you to your current position with Willing Warriors? Sure. So I grew up outside of Chicago in a small town called Dundee, Illinois. I had a great childhood, uh, nice, real tiny town. Everybody knew each other. Uh, after high school, I kicked around for a couple of years and joined the Air Force. And I was active duty Air Force for six years. I separated in uh, 1983. Uh, and went to New Jersey to live with relatives, and I started working in New York City in high-end hotels uh, security. Uh, after that, in the 90s, I moved to Washington, D.C., and became a private investigator and did that for about 28 years uh, until I started volunteering with uh, Willing Warriors and at the Warrior Retreat at Bull Run. My uh, wife had a great job, and I went to her, and I said, look, I'd like to retire and just volunteer full-time. And she said, that's fine as long as you agree to make dinner and do the <laughs> every night. So, Smart, uh, smart lady. <laughs> yeah. So that uh, that's how that uh, happened, and that's what brought me uh, 11 years ago to the retreat. Wow, that's quite a journey. Well, first of all, thank you for your service, for your time in the Air Force. Um, sound very interesting. The whole private investigator thing, you must have some major stories from that time in your life. <laughs> yeah, definitely have some crazy stories. People are crazy. Yes, they are, which is probably why you were busy for that that many that many years. Um, but I'm glad it brought you to where you are now. Um, and I gave a brief overview of the Willing Warriors mission. So but can you tell us a little bit more about the program? So Willing Warriors has been around since 2006. Our founders, John and Shirley Dominic, uh, were challenged by their pastor at church to go out in the community, find some 
way to give back, but they couldn't write a check. They actually had to uh, do some volunteer work. They took their three young daughters and some gifts and uh, things to Walter Reed for a holiday party in December of 2006. They got there around 4 o'clock. Party started at 4.30. By the time it started, they were completely wiped out of gifts, had to stand there and say, we're sorry, we don't have any anything for you. And they decided that they needed to do more, and they kept going back with more people from church and more uh, uh, gifts. And eventually that led to a uh, barbecue in the summer and a holiday party in the winter at both Walter Reed and Fort Belvoir. Uh, we still honor that tradition. We go down in the summer and do a barbecue. We don't really give them barbecue because everybody gives them barbecue. <laughs> we, uh, we do, we're going to do like baked ziti here for a couple hundred soldiers at the uh, USO in December. Uh, so we're excited about that. But then they met a warrior who just said what these folks need is a place to get away. Shirley took that as a mission. And she found the, the, the retreat, and it's 37 acres. In its current configuration, it's a $6 million property. We have two five-bedroom homes, and we're building a six-bedroom grand lodge. And we uh, use it to invite the warriors out from Walter Reed and Fort Belvoir uh, for five nights for free to relax and rejuvenate and bond with their families. First of all, that's just incredible just to have that resource here in this area. Um, I'm, we're in the, currently in the Washington, D.C., Nova area. And also the fact that they started off just in this innocuous way where they were challenged to do something. And then this came about from it. It's just an incredible story. They really uh, uh, took that challenge to heart. And after they ran into that veteran who said, look, it's great that you're going down there to do that but they really need a place to get away. That's when Shirley kicked it into high gear and found the house. And the house and the property were 875,000. They incorporated us as a nonprofit, loaned the organization $200,000 to get started and to make payments, monthly payments on the house. And, and that's really how it started. The house was in bad shape. It had been built in 77, 78, it's 11,000 square foot home. And the community stepped up and completely remodeled the home uh, and then uh, donated all the furnishings. And it was about $1.4 million that went into the house at that point in time. And then in 2019, we received a grant from Penn Fed Foundation for the second house, $300,000 grant. And then we opened that house in 2019. That doubled our capacity. So we do 36 guest stays a year. And PenFed has stepped up again with a 500000 donation for the Grand Lodge. And we've matched that because it is a million-dollar home. Uh, and we'll, we'll uh, have the ribbon cutting for that on May 18th of 2024. So we're really looking forward to that house. Well, and I've, I've had the privilege um, to actually get a tour by you. So I've seen the house that you're talking about. And I can tell the listeners, it's just staggering how beautiful these houses are inside and the, the renovations and the money that was poured into them. Um, it just makes such for a comfort 
um, and just just a place to really relax. And I mean, just even little things like bright lights and things that um, p- soldiers with, t- uh, you know, PTSD or TBIs, some things that would bother them. All those things have been thought about um, in the in the decoration and also just the allocation of the rooms. Uh, I was really impressed, Larry, with what I saw. I mean, you talked a little bit about your donors um, and the gifts, and I'm going to skip over to that question because we're on that right now. Um, I just am shocked at how much generosity was outpoured when I was there. Um, I think was Amazon there the day I was there, I think. Is that right? Amazon Web Services was there. Uh, they are a big supporter of us. So we have we have a lot of donors and supporters that help us in different ways. So we're like any other nonprofit. We we just need financial donations and Many companies step up and, and help us in that way. But also, because the property is so large and it takes a small army to maintain it, they will get corporate groups that come out 20, 30, 40 employees at a time and just work on the property for us. Uh, recently, we replaced 170 boards on our fence and had those painted by two different groups. And uh, so that was a huge help. Um, and then uh, we do a we do three guest days in a row, and then take a week off each month. And from March through November, on that week off, that Saturday we have what we call beautification day, and the community comes out and weeds and puts mulch down and does painting and does small projects for us uh, every month during the spring, summer, and fall, and, and, and it's just a huge help. When it comes to the organization itself, our executive director is the only full-time employee. Mm-hmm. We have five part-time employees who work full-time, and then everything else is done by volunteers. And we're very fortunate to be in an area which I, I sort of refer to as the perfect storm. We have... <laughs> We have hospitals nearby that have warriors and family members. We have a large veteran community in Northern Virginia, and many of our volunteers are veterans or are family members of veterans. And then we live in very wealthy counties in and around where the retreat is. So there's money available. It's not easy to get, but there there are people that want to help. And uh, they just need to know how. And we reach out in a number of different ways, and we have tremendous community support. And it's not only money. We have um, the Hampton Inn in Manassas, which does all of our sheets and towels and pillowcases for us. Yeah, I had that. I had that on my list of things is to mention in, in case you didn't, because I'm floored by that. I think that's an amazing thing. So you just take the linens to the Hampton Inn after you have guest day. Yeah, we just take them over there. We have volunteers that drive over there, drop them off. They wash them, dry them, fold it, give it back to us. And it's a Hilton property. They're they're fully supportive of us. And uh, that saves us about 25 to 30 man hours a week when Absolutely. you have a whole house of 10 adults. 
Oh, yeah. And well, folding fitted sheets, Larry, come on. Who really wants to do that anyway? I'm just (laughs) (laughs) like, that's the bane of my existence there. But no, that's an incredible thing. And I I remember when you gave me the tour and I just that stuck in my head about the Hampton Inn because we are Hilton Honors members. And so sometimes I get irritated with them, but I won't anymore knowing that they they do some good work. Um, I'm just teasing. Uh, Let's kind of shift gears a little bit. and Let's talk about um, your job and the role that you play. and you have a program where you have visiting chefs come into the property? So, yes, each guest stay is five nights. So the family checks in on Friday. They check out on Wednesday. There's a number of things that we do for the family while they're there. We just we we give them a professional photography shoot while they're on their grounds. We have they meet with our founder who presents the warrior with a handmade quilt. The guest stay coordinators who work with the family for months, sometime a month or more out to set up all their activities, creates an itinerary for them and can get them a helicopter ride. They can do a, a shooting experience with an original SEAL Team 6 member. They can go horseback riding. Uh, we have a neighbor who has an amazing pool. We call it Bonnie's Private Pool. In the summer, they can go over there and swim and show make them lunch and, and has towels for them. So there's plenty for them to do. And then in each house on Saturday and Sunday night, I have a visiting chef come to prepare them an extraordinary meal. Um, I have restaurant chefs, catering chefs, personal chefs, and then more than half of our chefs are military chefs. And because we live in, in Northern Virginia near the Pentagon, where there are a lot of generals and flag officers and a, a lot of military chefs are here in this area they fully support the program and so we have chefs that are from the the residents of the chairman of the joint chiefs all the way down through admirals and generals at the pentagon to the coast guard chefs at the department of homeland security uh, executive dining room in, in D.C. So the military chefs love to come out and cook. Uh, it's a great way for chefs to give back doing what they love. Uh, very many of our soldiers that come and from the hospitals to stay with us are younger. They're not at a point in their life where they can afford to pay two or three hundred dollars for dinner for two at uh, the restaurants where these chefs come from. Um, they have PTS, and when you have post-traumatic stress and you're hypervigilant, restaurants are not a, a very comfortable experience. They're noisy. There's a lot of commotion. So we bring that five-star culinary experience to them here at the retreat, and for almost all of them, it's the best meal they've ever had. Well, I would imagine, and also being if they've been in a hospital stay for a while and the families, they've been eating out or eating on the go, and I imagine just to be able to to relax and watch somebody cook for you is probably just an amazing experience at this point. Well, that's right. They eat terribly. A <laughs> lot of ramen noodles, a yeah. lot of Chick-fil-A. Um, they, you know, they have three or four or five appointments a day. The kids are being homeschooled in the car or the doctor's office. Uh, we, we'd love to get them into the kitchen and teach them as well to show them that it's not rocket science. It's just, you know, it's simple techniques and it's good ingredients. And 
they 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 love to learn and, and it's always a fun time for for all the chefs and for the family uh, we're we're just blessed that we we have that kind of level of participation from chefs in the area has there um i know you've had a lot of guests stay and you've been there a while but is there any any memorable or like guest story or family that have stayed with you that just sticks out you know that you that you like to think back on yeah, there's a lot of very special guests we've had. Um, there's uh, uh, a, a couple of warriors who have come. I, I remember one, um, I had uh, a retired Air Force chef and uh, two, three other chefs were doing dinner. And after dinner, the warrior was telling them how grateful uh, they were. And the warrior then started to tell them about uh, how they had been in such a dark place that at one point he had uh, a firearm to his head. And the only thing that kept him from pulling the trigger was the sound of the baby crying. Mm. It had such an impact on the chef because, you know, very often you interact with wounded warriors who um, suffer from traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress. So these are not visible injuries. They're not visible wounds. And uh, I, I, I sometimes think that the chefs don't really understand the impact that they have on the lives of these warriors when they cook for them. And it was just such a great example of how important it was and what kind of a dark place some of these warriors are in when they come to the retreat. The whole mission of the, the retreat is to surreptitiously convince the warrior that their family is not better off without them. Right. Sometimes they see the toll that their injuries take on their family, and they get crazy ideas that if they just went home and and they took their own life and their family could go home and be normal again. And, and everything we do is to, to demonstrate to them that that's just not the case. And that had a tremendous impact on my chefs. And uh, they really started volunteering a lot more after that. Um, oh, that's that's really good because, you know, food heals and just that intimate setting of being around people that you love and eating sometimes is like one of the greatest comforts. So it's it's great they got to see that, especially if they're used to doing it in a different level, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I remember one time I had a family, um, I had some White House chefs. We do have a, a number of chefs that come from presidential food service at the White House. And I had a couple of them in the kitchen, and this family started asking them the most off-the-wall questions. It was so much fun. They started asking them, if you were on a desert island, what would be the one tool to cook with that you would take with you? And both of them said at the same time, a sous chef. (laughs) Somebody to do all the work. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> That's great. That sounds like my high school kids. <laughs> so we've had some uh, we've had some wonderful, wonderful guests and dinners. Wow. Well, Larry, thank you for giving us a glimpse at what you do for our nation's heroes and their families. And listeners, we're gonna have to take a little bit of a break. But if you'd like to know more about Willing Warriors, you can check out their website at www.willingwarriors.org. 
or on their social media and Facebook pages. All that information is going to be in the show notes. So don't worry about that. We always hook you up and stay tuned for the rest of our interview as Larry and I will get into his other skill set, which is podcasting. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. Here at Mission Mill Spouse, military spouses are the priority. With nearly 3,000 blog posts and over 1,000 podcast episodes in our archives, we have the resources and support to empower your military spouse journey, no matter your stage, season, or duty station. To support our mission and other military spouses like you, follow us across all social media platforms at Mission Mill Spouse, subscribe to our newsletter, The Sit Rep, or consider making a tax-deductible donation. We are also all volunteer-powered, so you're invited to join our band of bloggers or our command team. Email hello at missionmillspouse.org for more information. Remember, we've been there. You aren't alone. We've got your six. Welcome back, listeners. We're continuing our conversation with the Willing Warriors Executive Chef, Director of Food Services, Larry Zillox. Okay, listeners, I consider myself an amateur podcast host. You all know this, but Larry is the real deal. He's got real equipment and everything. He also has his own website, which is uh, tango449eats.com, about backslash about me backslash again. And I'm going to put that all in the show notes so you have it. He also has his own podcast show called Welcome Home. It's on buzzsprout.com and the number associated is 2145036. That will also be in the show notes. Larry has interviewed quite a few people over this past year. And so I'm going to ask you again, now that we're moving into another thing that you do, Larry, how did you get into this whole podcasting thing? Well, that was sort of our desire to... um to, to spread the word about the retreat. And so we, we get a fair amount of uh, local media coverage here in our area. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we get warriors from Walter Reed and Fort Belvoir primarily, but there are 14 other soldier recovery units around the country that, um, those, uh, those soldiers that are assigned to those units are, are certainly welcome to come and stay at the retreat. So it's always been a challenge for us on how to get the word out. And when you think about the impact that a podcast has and people all over the world listen to it, uh, it seemed like a no brainer. Uh, so I uh, petitioned the board for the money for the equipment and uh, uh, they came up with the, with the cash and we, we purchased the equipment and, all of our services and software and, and just started doing it. I, I knew there were a lot of people that interacted with the retreat that would be good to interview, to talk with about the retreat, about veteran issues, things like that. So we, we've done some really good uh, interviews. We've been fairly lucky with great guests. Have you noticed that, um, you know, the podcast or the audience you're trying to reach, have you been able to get some of the out-of-state warriors into the program, or are you still working on that? Well, we're still working on that. I, I can look at our stats and see that, that somebody out there is listening in just about every state, and in some strange cases, we're seeing listeners in Europe and Asia um, I'm not sure what that's about, but we'll, we'll eventually reach people that will need to come and, uh, or we, we won't and we'll just provide 
content that's relative to maybe a veteran who uh, wants to know about the PAC Act or uh, needs a service dog. Well, and you you interviewed because I've you know I've listened to some of your podcasts, um, and I actually got to be one of your guests, which was fantastic. But my um, our executive director here at Mission Mill Spouse, we just today shared that podcast. I think on our social media, so we've had some people asking about the program. Um, and we do have military spouses that subscribe to us from overseas as well from the bases. But, um, you know, I really think you touch a really big range um, in your podcast, like you have resources and you said you, you're creating content for, you know, soldiers and their families and, you know, service members and their families. But um, I think that's important. And I just I found out about the woman in Northern Virginia who wrote a ballet who, you know, produced a whole ballet about her son, Colin, a fallen Marine um, in Iraq. And I would have loved to have seen that. Had But that's how I found out about that. And I spread the word about it because of your show. So I think what you're doing is reaching people and, you know, is it has the desired effect. Do you, like, do you have a memorable guest that you interviewed or someone that you really were happy to have on your show that comes to mind? I, I, I think that would be my sister. <laughs> I bet she loves to hear that. <laughs> she, she gave me such a hard time. She's uh, she's Army uh, uh-huh. veteran. Um, she has uh, MS and uses a service dog. And so we wanted to do um, a podcast about a veteran who uses a service dog and what that dog means to them and what services that dog provides. And I thought, well... My sister has a beautiful dog named Prince, and uh, I invited her on, and she she gave me a pretty hard time. Um, but uh, uh, so we did that, and we did the flip side of that too. We interviewed um, a longtime uh, friend of ours uh, uh, at uh, Caring Angels, Sunny Madsen, who is a provider of service dogs, and uh, we're able to get a better understanding of what it takes for an organization like Sunny and Caring Angels uh, to source a dog and the cost of it and the length of training and everything that goes into getting a service dog for a veteran. So uh, those are two, two of my favorites. Um, also recently I did a, an interview with a, a chaplain, a Captain Brittany Wooten from the Soldier Recovery Unit at Fort Belvoir and she has brought uh, wounded warriors, family members, and medical personnel out at various times to the retreat from uh, courses on moral injury. And uh, she is just amazing chaplain. I, I, I think she should be a model for chaplains throughout the services. So that was really one of my favorites. I listened to that one as well, and I'm very impressed with the work that she's doing. And the moral injury is something that a lot of places nationwide are really starting to look into to workshop and to try to, you know, to offer to, you know, people who have been to war because that is such a prevalent, you know, thing that they go through. So, yeah, well, we're also looking at trying to develop a program similar to that, a moral injury program that we then can extend out to first responders in our community as a way for us to give back to the community for all their support. 
Well, that's a great idea. That's that's really good. Um, I'm, I, I mean, I just think that's something that now I know it's kind of a buzzword now, but it really is needed, I think, and not just for our community, but like you said, other first responder communities as well. Any future guests, any guests that you would love to try to get on your show? You never know. They might be listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. There's there's a, a lot of great there's a lot of great content out there to be had. And it's really it's I look for guests that can bring useful information for veterans or service members or transitioning service members, those that are within a year going to be separating and retiring and, and, and leaving military service uh, into the civilian world, whether it's through employment, it's through, um, you know, just getting a better understanding, getting a handle on what it's like to be a civilian and not have a lot of things provided for you by the military. Um, and then there are those guests that uh, can talk about services available, whether it's uh, the Northern Virginia Veteran Suicide Coalition, uh, whether it's service dogs, uh, whether it's homelessness, uh, whether it's uh, uh, veterans interacting with the justice system. There's just a, a lot out there that I think uh, makes for good content. And hopefully some of it's useful to uh, the spouses that are part of Mission Mill Spouse. Oh, absolutely. I mean, our spouses, I mean, we have a lot of people that have their hands in different areas. And I think some of the things you brought up, um, you know, about transitioning services and about what, you know, what is coming after you retire and or get out, whether it be medically or whatever. Um, I think that is a big interest to the spouses as well. They are definitely concerned because, you know, sometimes, you know, they're dealing with a soldier who may have been going through something. Uh, I say soldier a lot. I'm sorry, because I'm army, but um, they may be going through something and they don't want to open up as much. And so sometimes the spouse then feels isolated and has a million questions and really has no one to turn to. So I think there is a big niche there that about military spouses needing this information as well. So Great. I will, I'm going to keep that in mind and I'll see if we can throw somebody your way too. Okay, so I want to talk about how I first met you, because I had a few more questions before we're done. And I met you at the Greater Washington Spouses Club event on Fort Myer, which is a monthly event that the Spouse Club meets. And you were there with a lot of other volunteers and um, people, you know, had tables and information booths. So how do you feel about doing a, like a, an event like that? And do you think military spouses have a lot to offer, uh, not just your program, but other programs? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was uh, the second or third year that we've had a table at that event. And uh, it's it's a great event. Um, but there's no doubt that military spouses have so much to contribute. Um, they We have a number of volunteers who are military spouses. You're talking about people who have are really in tune with the military and what it takes to support a soldier, what what impact it has on the family. Um, you know, the, the family serves right along with the with the soldier, and and especially for a wounded warrior, um, the whole dynamic of the family changes when you're when you're a wounded warrior, and um, the support that spouses give each other on installations and here in the community, uh, I, I think it's just amazing. 
I would agree. I'm, I'm happy. I'm really proud to be part of a military spouse community because we really do like to dig in and help. And sometimes um, I think we just need to be pushed into the right direction. And I think that was what was so great about an event like at the spouses club and had all these places were like, Hey, come help us. And I think that's, that's what we need. Sometimes we just need to know what's out there. Um, so last question before we do our lightning round, um, is there any needs or volunteer opportunities with your program in the upcoming months that you could give a shout out about? Uh, well, we always need volunteers. We have an amazing volunteer coordinator, Faith. And uh, if you call Faith or email her, you can email uh, volunteer at willingwarriors.org. She'll get right back with you. And she has uh, uh, this crazy ability to find a way for people to volunteer. And that <laughs> that is, uh, you could come once a week. You could come once a month. You could come once a year. We have Maureen who every year comes out for three days and sets up about 15 Christmas trees on their tree and then comes back and takes down 15 <laughs> Christmas trees. And then we don't see her for a year. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so everything we do takes man hours. We didn't realize it, but we get and give out about 2,000 uh, cards, handmade cards by church groups and, and school kids. And even there, it takes man hours to go through them and make sure that we're not giving out anything that's inappropriate. Um, so there's tons of volunteer opportunities. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're always looking for volunteers for sure. Okay. So I'm going to get that into the show notes. That's volunteer at willingwarriors.org. And you're, you're addressing it to faith listeners, if you guys are listening, but I'll put that in the notes. Yeah. I'm going to move in to my last questions, which we like to call the lightning round. Okay. Um, are you ready, Larry? You pumped up? You did your stretches? You ready to go? I, I think so. Yeah. I, <laughs> let's do it. All right. So this is just a, you know, you have to pick one or the other. So like the different opposites. So the first one is flying or driving? Well, I would say driving, but I normally don't drive. I only drive my truck to the retreat, but my wife has a much nicer car. And so if we're going anywhere, she drives me and I sleep. Well, I'd say that's good. I'm a driver too. I like to, well, I'd like to sleep while someone drives me, but I'm with you on that one. All right. Number two, chicken or beef? Beef. Ah, amen. All right. Number three, big cities or small towns? Ooh, that's tough. They're it each, is. They each offer really different, great things. I'm going with small towns. I'm going with you. We're, uh, we are, I like the big city. I'm with you. But then, you know, it's nice to have the relaxation of the smallness. Yep. Our, this is our big fight. The next one, number four in our house. Mountain or a beach vacation? Hands down the beach. Oh, yay. Hallelujah. I'm with you on that, too. My husband's a big mountain person, though. He could care less if he never sees sand again. So he's well, the beach is where I get my picture taken the most. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have a big white beard. Uh huh. And uh, there's a lot of people that surreptitiously take my picture out on the beach because I think they like to go home and say, I go to the beach where Santa goes. Ah, <laughs> that's awesome. And I've seen your beard and I can see that. That's that definitely, that's so great. You probably made a lot of families very happy over the summers. <laughs> All right, number five, movie theater or couch at home for movies? 
you know, it's tough. We go to the theater, but usually on a Wednesday at like four o'clock. So it's almost like being at home. There's nobody else there. <laughs> That's true. That's an early time for a movie. But um, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. If, if, as long as it's not super crowded, but I, I do tend to love my couch at home, too. So, yeah. All right. Last one. And it's coming up on the big day. So I'm going to ask you, Army yeah. or Navy? Yeah, I don't know what to tell you there. Uh, I will say that I'm I I go back and forth. So if I see somebody with an army hat, I'll say go you know go army beat navy. If I see somebody with a navy hat, I say go navy beat army. Oh, uh, so, you're a politician. <laughs> well, I just there's no there's no downside for me that way. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And that in our communities, we used to be Army Spouse Network, so we never even thought about this question. But now we're military spouse. So oh, yeah. We've got to think about all the other branches. So, well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Um, I'd like to thank you, Larry, and for your organization, Willing Warriors, for all you do for our military community and for being on our show today. Well, listen, thank you so much. Uh, I just can't Thank you enough for this opportunity to get the word out about the Warrior Treat at Bull Run and, and the wonderful work that all of our staff and volunteers do. It's, uh, it's a place that really is magical and it, and it really does have an impact on, on our wounded warriors. Well, I, I have no doubt because I've seen it in person, so I can attest to everything you just said. And listeners, check the show notes underneath, and you'll find all the links that we have talked about, the volunteer link, and then the um, the link to the website and also to the podcast. So you can reach out to Larry if you have any suggestions or you have any guests that you want to throw his way or you just want to thank him for what he does. And again, we'd like to thank you, Larry Zillox. Y'all have a good day. Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple, Google Play, and Spotify. Join us on our mission by making a tax-deductible donation on our website, missionmillspouse.org. Military spouses around the world, thank you for your support. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering military spouses since 2005.